0: Slingin' It Deep Podcast. Right, Michelle, on play action, finding room, going deep, and it's caught by Higgins. He goes in for the score. Jalen Ramsey fell down, and just like that, in 12 seconds, a 75-yard touchdown. Hello, and welcome to the 10th episode of the Slingin' It Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Hayes. And today I'm actually welcome or joined by a guest, uh, Frank Molino. Um, How you doing, buddy?
1: Oh, I'm doing good.
0: Just ready to be back on the pod. Yes, sir. For those that don't know, uh, Frank is a very good friend of mine. Uh, we talk a lot of college football, uh, especially during the draft. Um, it'll just be me and him today. Uh, Connor, Evan, and Colin aren't the biggest college football guys. So it'll be us kind of giving a preview to the college football season. Uh, we're going to go over the podcast's top 25, uh, give our conference winners uh, some playoff predictions, Heisman winner predictions, and then we'll finish it off with kind of giving two players that you guys should probably watch out for during the season. So uh, anything before we get into the top 25 that you want to say?
1: I don't think so. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out.
0: Absolutely. Um, For those that may have listened to our last episode, uh, I am still sick with COVID. So at any point, if my voice sounds like crap, that's probably why. So give you that fair warning. But we can start it off. Um, There were three teams outside the top 25 that received votes. Uh, Texas, LSU, and Tennessee all received votes but are outside the top 25. I know for myself, I think Texas will at least be decent enough um, this year to be in the low twenties. Um, I know I have them at 21. Um, so I, I think they will be at least respectable. I don't think they will be a powerhouse. Like some people are project, projecting them to be. Um, and then LSU, I think you add Brian Kelly. Um, I do like Jaden Dan- Daniels at quarterback, um, whether he's named the starter or not is to be determined, but I think those are two big uh, powerhouse programs that I think will at least finish within the top 25 and are kind of rebuilding. Um, but I just think they're worth or they're worthy of getting votes at this point.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think Texas is quarterback situation still a little questionable. I know they have Quinn now, but Quinn Ayers was not guaranteed to have the job right out the gate which concerns me because that tells me that he's not playing as well as we would hope for somebody of his stature um and between that and the fact that I honestly am beginning to think Texas might be a little cursed <laughs> so do I think they track the t- top 25 maybe but do I think they're going to be a powerhouse absolutely not um LSU since they got rid of uh, coach Joe they've kind of reverted back to old LSU which is kind of having the chance to be good every year, but really not being a powerhouse anymore. That explosive offense is all but gone now. So I don't necessarily see them being more than a average low 25 team, you know, just cracking the top. So where we have them is probably pretty good. Tennessee has gotten a lot of recruits this year. um, And they've been really working that NIL. (laughs) So I think – I think they have a chance to be much better than you would expect this year, which is why I have them at top 25. Um, I think they, they're they very talented. It's more of a question to see whether or not they can put it all together right out the gate or if it's going to take them a few years to get started there. But.
0: Yeah, I, I like Tennessee's quarterback. Uh, I think it's Hendon Hooker. I had a really good year last year. I think it was like 31 touchdowns to so only three interceptions. Um, you hope he could do that again. Uh, I just I don't really know anyone else outside of him on that team, so that just kind of gives me some pause into putting them in the top 25, especially if they're playing an SEC schedule. I think it's going to be very hard for them to compete with other teams uh, in the in these rankings. So I think that's kind of why I left them out, even though I am high on hooker. So. But we can move into the first five teams of these rankings uh, will work from 25 to one Um so the first five teams it'll be the Cincinnati Bearcats at 25, Wake Forest Deacons at 24, the Ole Miss Rebels at 23, the Houston Cougars at 22, and the BYU Cougars at 22 or 21. Um, I think a couple notes here. Obviously, Cincinnati, you lose a bunch of talent and you're still in the top 25. I think that's very good for the program. Um, obviously, falling a bunch of spots, you don't like to see it, but I think for them being a Group of Five team you lose that many players and you're still ranked in the top 25. I think it shows that as a program, you've kind of put yourself on the map and people respect you. Um, Especially from a recruiting standpoint, they're not going to get all the five stars like Bama. So for them to kind of be in this position, I think it speaks volumes to what uh, they're doing there in Cincinnati. And then also Houston. Um, I know I only rank them at 20, but I think they're going to be the best group of five team this year. Um, Have a real shot at like a New York, uh, New York six or New Year's six. Sorry. bowl game this year. Um, I just really like what they have. They have a lot of talent, especially in the receiver core. Um, I know I have them at 20 now, but I just kind of think as the season goes on and some of these other teams uh, start to get some losses, I think you'll see them start to climb towards the top 10.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, So I think Cincinnati has earned their respect as a program. Like you said, I think Luke Fickle has shown that he's a very good coach and And what has become honestly a kind of it's underdog story has become now it's kind of expected that I would, I would expect them to be top 25. Even, I don't even think they have to be the most talented team this year, which I don't think they will be. They lost a lot of good pieces last year. I mean, you lose sauce Gardner, Desmond Ritter. (laughs) Those are two, I mean, two pretty big, pretty big pieces for your team, but I think they'll come back. They're well-coached. They're experienced. They'll They'll play pretty well. They should be a fringe top 25 team, I think, which is good considering the year, the players that they just lost. Um, Wake Forest. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Wake Forest. I know I have them ranked kind of high at 20. Um, they're in what's become a pretty weak ACC division now, our conference. And you mix that with Sam Hartman, assuming he comes back from his undisclosed injury. Um, he's He's been playing phenomenal, and then you have um wide receivers a t Perry so I think that their offense is going to be very explosive for at least for a team that really people don't really consider very often um I expect them to perform well. The only real threats in the a c c are Clemson and I don't. I don't even know. I don't know if there's another team in the ACC that's going to compete. The ACC really falling off. So
0: I would say Miami and Pittsburgh are probably those next two teams in the Miami, ACC. Miami.
1: I don't think Pitt. I we've talked about this. I'm. We'll we'll get to Pitt later. Miami. Miami will be a threat to them in the ACC, but that's about it. So I I think they have a good year this year. I think the weak schedule will is certainly benefit them.
0: That's fair. Um, From what I understand, I don't know if Sam Hartman is going to come back from that undisclosed health concern. Um, And if that's the case, I I thought he was a really good quarterback last year. So if that's the case that he does not come back, I, I think this team does take a big step back. Now they were like at one point ranked inside the top 10. So if you're taking a step back, are you maybe still in the top 25? Possibly, but it is wake forest. Um, just kind of have to see it first. They were a surprise team started like nine and zero. Um, so we'll see what happens this year, but I think without Hartman there, week one, I just can't put them in the top 25 yet. I just have to see what they actually have at quarterback first. Um, especially it's an offense. that's pretty gimmicky. Um, if we remember kind of like what Jamie Newman was watching his film, um, it's just a gimmicky offense in a way. So kind of just have to wait and see what they are. Um, really for these five teams no other notes for me I mean Ole Miss kind of have to wait and see if the dark kid can play with Lane Kiffin uh I know BYU returns a lot of starters but um I'm not sold that they're the best group of five team I know a lot of people are saying that they are um but kind of just have to wait and see I guess though the Ole Miss and BYU are definitely wait and see teams for me
1: BYU their new quarterback's pretty good I like him um that's fair, yes. He's no Zach Wilson, but he is, he's, he's very good. I think because they're a group of five team, and I haven't seen their schedule, but I'm going to assume they don't have a lot of big conference games this year. Um, I, I think that they have a chance to have a pretty good record and end up pretty high in the top 25. Um, Houston, <clears throat> Houston's always going to be one of those fringe group teams for me. They do have a chance to be the best group of five team over BYU this year, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. Ole Miss, I love the Dart Kiffin connection. I think what we saw from Dart at USC was enough to say that if you put somebody with the talent, at least that he has, in Kiffin's offensive minded style, I think you could see something very great happen there. Um, Kiffin's just meant for that kind of offense, you know, that kind of just utilize the talent and put them in positions to win, you know, not trying to make an NFL guy here, trying to make a college guy here. So I see that working out well for them. So I I could see Ole Miss definitely shooting up in the rankings, depending on how well they play, but it's definitely a wait and see situation.
0: Definitely. I mean, you play an SEC schedule, if you're going to get nine or so wins, you're going to find yourself around the top 10. So um, can see it. I just think obviously again, have to, See how Dart plays kind of, they did lose a a lot of pieces as well. So I think see what they got. A lot of college football is waiting to see what teams actually brought back and what they got through the transfer portal, especially as of recent uh, on what you get for recruits. You never know what you're going to get from a freshman year one. So, Um, but we can move on to the next five teams in these rankings. Um, At 20, we have the Kentucky Wildcats, 19 Pittsburgh Panthers, 18 Wisconsin Badgers, 17 Arkansas Razorbacks, and 16 the Michigan State Spartans. Um, obviously, we could start this off with you talking about Pittsburgh because you are the only one that does not have them in the top 25.
1: Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's going to come back. Um, they'll still play well. I mean, they got um, Slovis. Yep. Yeah. So they got Slovis as a transfer. I'm not very high on Slovis. I think Jackson Dart replaced him pretty well at USC and ended up performing better than he could have. Um, I don't think Slovis is Kenny Pickett, and I don't think whoever they have at receiver now is Jordan Addison. So I think their offense is going to take a gigantic step back, and I just don't think their program has the history or even necessarily the coaching to replace the kind of talent that they lost on offense this year. I mean, you're going to see point totals take a huge step back, in my opinion, even with Slovis there. So I I don't see them as a top 25 team. I think they'll be up there. I think they'll be okay. I don't think they're going to fall to what UMass has become as a program. I'm just saying (laughs) that I don't see them as a top 25 team or a team that's a threat this year.
0: I guess from that standpoint, like, I understand it. Like, Kenny Pickett, obviously first-round pick. Jordan Addison is going to be a first-round pick this year. Um, you do lose your OC and Mark Whipple, uh, to Nebraska. So you do lose three huge uh, pieces there on offense, but I, I think, I, I don't know the guy's name, but the head coach, uh, just drawing a blank on his name, but the head coach for Pittsburgh, I think has run a pretty good uh program there. Um, I think they've been pretty stable the last couple of years. And then I think the defense it's pretty solid as well. So you pair that with a pretty weak ECC, um, I think they'll at least be decent. Keaton Slovis is an average quarterback, um, especially for college football. I think maybe even a little above average, Um, not the strongest arm in the world, but I think he is pretty smart. So I think it's going to keep Pitt kind of in this mid-teens range. Um, I don't think they'll have a shot at winning the ACC or making the playoffs, but I think they're going to be a pretty decent college football team this year. Um, I think just alone, you do replace Pickett with an actual like name, like recognition type of quarterback in Keaton Slovis. Um, it's not really that. It's it's somebody with experience, not a newcomer. So I think that's gonna be enough to kind of keep them around in these rankings.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Like I said, I think they'll be hovering around top 25. I had them just outside. No, yeah,
0: obviously. Um As far as these other teams, uh, I think Kentucky solely is going to rely upon how good is Will Levis. Um, It's kind of going to be a boom or bust situation, I think, for Levis. A lot of people either see him as like this top 10 type of quarterback in the NFL draft, or they kind of see him as like a third-round, fourth-round prospect. Um, He is pretty raw. He did make some boneheaded plays last year, but he also made a lot of spectacular plays with his arm. So I I think it's going to be interesting to see – Is he consistent throughout the entire year or is he inconsistent kind of like last year? Obviously has all the arm talent in the world. He's really athletic, but we just have to see it on a consistent basis, especially if Kentucky wants to have a good year like they did last year.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Will Levis is extremely talented. I I personally liked his film a lot when we were watching it at the end of last season. Um, I thought he has the capability to become a top five quarterback in this year's draft if he wants to um if he can take that next step but that's really the big question is whether or not he takes the next step and he's losing a key piece in wide receiver wandale robinson so you lose your best wide receiver and one of the main issues i had with him last year was that he had a tendency to force it to robinson when he got in trouble which is fine to a point, but it is concerning and it certainly makes it so I need to see him throw to other guys this year to know if he's that guy or not. So we'll have to wait and see with them. Fair. <clears throat>
0: um, another team I want to hit on is Arkansas. Um, I notice everyone else in these rankings has them at 19. I have them at 14. I just like what Arkansas has going as a program. I know for a while they're kind of a laughing stock in the SEC, but I think they, they've kind of turned it around. They had a really decent year last year. They return a lot of pieces, um, especially on defense. So I know they have one of the tougher schedules in the country, especially playing in the SEC West. But I think from a pure ranking standpoint, like what you have on paper and how you perform, they may lose a bunch of games, but I still think they're going to be a very strong team. So I, I like Arkansas. They're going to be in a lot of games, even though they lose, kind of like I said earlier. But, like, it's a very solid program. And I think the trend is up for them, despite what their record may be.
1: I think Arkansas definitely has a chance to be a good team. I just simply think that, like you said, the trend is up. However, they're in the SEC. Or, yeah, no, not the SEC. The yeah. Been, yeah, the SEC. Ugh, conferences are killing me lately, man. <laughs> anyway, um. They're in the SEC. They have a tough schedule. They're going to be playing extremely good teams. I think the best they can be is not good enough, and that's the that's the, that's the concern with them. So they can win some games. They can be pretty good. They can be better than every team in the ACC except for Clemson, but they're still not going to be high in the top 25 rankings.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, anything else on these group of five? Or not group of five, but these uh, five teams here. See. I don't got much to say really about Wisconsin or Michigan State. I don't really know what they have for this year.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Michigan State's quarterback still.
0: Even if he returns, I wasn't that confident in him last year. It was more of just kind of the Kenneth Walker show. Uh, so you that I mean, I, I haven't ranked the 2024. And a lot of that is the loss of Kenneth Walker. But, I mean, he was a transfer. He wasn't somebody they recruited. So they could easily just get another transfer that comes onto the scenes. And that goes for any college program. So that's why these week one rankings that kind of have to take with a grain
1: of salt. Oh, absolutely. These are very preliminary. I mean, we've never seen any of these teams play, really.
0: Unless you're a diehard and you're listening to all the – tweets and reports coming from camps which we don't have the time for but no. um that's really the only way you would know what these teams are like
1: yeah i mean like i said nobody's seen anyone play yet the only teams you can be sure about are the top five <laughs> outside of that you it's really hard to say what's going to happen so that gonna...
0: i really only say we only really know about like the top three <laughs>
1: yeah
0: so all right well we can move into the next five Um, So at 15, we have the Miami Hurricanes, 14, Oklahoma State Cowboys, 13, the USC Trojans, 12, NC State Wolfpack, and 11, the Oregon Ducks. Um, I feel like this is uh, kind of a tier of teams that, like, they're just not good enough to be in the top 10, but they're going to have very good seasons, and I think we're pretty confident about that. Um, USC, I think a lot of people are just expecting to be this undefeated team. That's going to make the playoffs. I don't see that yet. Um, I, they got all the transfers. They got a lot of athletes on the team, but I think up front in the trenches on offense and defense, I just don't think they're there yet. Uh, Lincoln Riley needs another year or two to start recruiting for that position. Obviously he has his quarterback, he has his weapons. Um, but I just don't know if, on the offensive line, they're really ready to compete with some of the other teams. Um, I look at Utah, and we'll get into it, as clearly better uh, in the Pac-12. So, but USC is definitely a team if they find a spark to, to kind of watch out for. Um, I think that's really the only team in this group of teams that can make a push for the top ten. Everyone else, I think, is kind of kind of capped at being like in this spot
1: of five. Yeah, I could see that. I think USC is going to be very good this year. I mean, number 12 is very good. That's where I had them. So if they do that, they had a great year. But I mean, like you said, they're they a Pac-12 team, man. They're soft. They're squishy. They're going to get pushed around by if they play any top tier SEC team or anything. Mm-hmm. So I think all the talent they have is great, but that doesn't help you if you're getting bullied on the line on both sides. And that's what I would expect if they play a complete team, but they do have Addison now and you have, um, uh, Williams. So they should be very good.
0: Yeah. Um, to kind of touch on Oregon, there's another PAC 12 team. This is a team. I think if they had a quarterback, um, and no, Bo Nix is not, I think a difference maker at quarterback for you. Um, if he even gets a start actually, um, They're a quarterback away, I think, from actually having a legit college football playoff spot, basically. I mean, we saw it last year there. They got a – I think they're in the first ranking of the college football playoffs kind of around end of October. But having Anthony Brown, it kind of fell apart towards the end. So I think if they had a legit quarterback, they would actually be in this top ten and probably be around five or six. But given it's bone I just – Again, I don't see you being the top ten team. I don't think you'll be able to compete with, especially week one against Georgia. You you have no shot at competing, so that almost kills your chances right away. And it's unfortunate because I think the roster is really good. I've heard a lot of things about the receiver core being very underrated. So, and we know the defense has always had a bunch of recruits, a bunch of stars on it for a while now. So, um, Oregon, a team I like, just quarterback away.
1: Yeah, I mean, Oregon. Oregon's like the anti-Pac-12 this year. They're they're the opposite of what you'd expect from a Pac-12 team. Like you said, they're quarterback away. I don't even think Bo Nix is going to start. I saw some reports about him not starting over the other guy. I forget who their other quarterback is. is like
0: Butterfield, been. something like that?
1: Yeah, something like that. I, I remember seeing reports about him having to really compete against him, which is really concerning for Bo Picks. Um, but... Oregon's defense is fantastic. You have Noah Sewell, Justin Flo, assuming he comes back healthy. That has been the concern with him his entire career now, unfortunately, someone with so much talent. Um, I expect Oregon to have a very good year. I don't expect them to have a very top 10 kind of year, though, unfortunately, because of that quarterback situation. I agree.
0: I want to hit on Miami, Oklahoma State, or NC State.
1: I would love to hit on Miami because Miami actually does have potential. They have Tyler Van Dyke, which their success hinges on his success, of course. And he's considered talented enough to be a top quarterback prospect this year. If he plays up to that potential, which is almost entirely a projection because he played, what, three games last year or something along those lines?
0: I think it was like, yeah, three or four, something like that.
1: And he did, he performed phenomenally. However, we don't know what he's going to do. So until we see what he does, I can't accurately make a a prediction on Miami's ceiling. But I would say their floor is being a decent top 25 team. So I, I like where they're at. I think Van Dyke could take them up higher. I don't think any ACC team other than Clemson has a shot at being a playoff team though.
0: Yeah. Miami for me, I think even if Van Dyke plays pretty decent, like I just don't know if they're still that good of a team outside of the quarterback position. Um, And maybe that's my lack of knowledge of their roster, but like.
1: They have Zion Nelson at offensive tackle, which is nice. So their offensive line should be fairly good this year.
0: Yeah.
1: Will Mallory at tight end is pretty – But you'd think like a a school
0: like Miami or in Florida, we should have these like pretty well-known receivers, running backs, defensive backs. Like there's a lot of teams I could probably list at least a couple of receivers or skill players that they have. I just feel like Miami for a while now, it's there hasn't been any well-known athletes on the team, like first round, second round type players. And I think that's what holds them back, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I just get hesitant with Miami, especially as of late. I know, obviously, they used to be a powerhouse. I mean, early 2000s, holy shit. But just now they're, they're kind of middle of the pack to not even ranked. Um, I know they had the one year uh, where they were, like, in the top 10, damn near top four, and then it fell apart. Like, I just think that's what Miami is now. It seems there's something wrong with the program. They can't really recruit. We'll see if that changes with Mario Cristobal but I don't see that happening in year one.
1: I'll have to agree with you there. Miami is not back. (laughs) They're, they're, they're in the Texas Longhorn situation. You know, it's, it's just they they used to be great, but Miami's struggles are concerning because like you said, they're in Florida, they're in a recruiting hotspot. So if you can't get top recruits from your own state, you're going to have difficulty winning (laughs) and, that's exactly where they're at. They can't recruit against Florida. Florida wins the recruiting battle. They can't recruit against Florida State. Even. even with Florida State struggles, they're still getting better recruits than Miami. So something about the U, there's something about that program where they are not succeeding in the recruiting game right now. They're getting beat by all of their rivals. And that is extremely troubling for, <laughs> for their future. But I do think this year, if Tyler Van Dyke were to show out and be all he can be, they do have a chance to be pretty pretty good. That's fair.
0: Anything else? I don't got much to say about Oklahoma State. I feel like they're just always kind of in this tier. Never Oklahoma, good, never bad. Yeah,
1: Oklahoma State lives to be a thorn in a top-five team side.
0: <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, that's they're, fair.
1: They're there to absolutely screw up somebody's schedule. <laughs> that's fair. And, yeah, I, I can probably leave it at that for that one. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, We can move on to the next five teams. Um, So coming in, this is our top 10. Um, So coming in at number 10, the Oklahoma Sooners, nine Baylor bears, eight Notre Dame fighting Irish, seven Texas A&M Aggies and number six, Michigan Wolverines. Um, I find it surprising. Um, I know I have them in my top 10, but Oklahoma to be high in the rankings. I mean, pretty down year last year. You lose a lot of pieces. You get a new head coach, a new quarterback. Um, And somehow I I still find myself thinking that they're going to come back. Maybe it's kind of like having Clemson in the top 10 after their down year last year. Um, I just find it interesting uh, that they can lose so much and still be so respected. Yeah, well, when
1: you're a power program like Oklahoma is and you're just known for your consistent success, I think there's going to be some bias and you kind of just have to respect the program and put them in that consideration, even though you look at the team and you know, the quarterbacks Dylan Gabriel who while being talented, hasn't really, I mean, he's not, he's not a top five in the country quarterback. I don't think he's got limitations. There. Yeah. And then you have good receivers. So you have like Marvin Mims, who's very good. But other than that, I mean, you have a new coach coming in. I think, like I said, I think a lot of what we're looking at is just kind of buy it. It's Oklahoma bias putting them this high. It's respect for the program. You just kind of assume they're going to be good. But it's hard to say that they should be, you know. No, yeah. it's, it's, uh, that, that, that's where I would leave that. Especially after last year, they looked extremely dysfunctional on defense too, not just the quarterback room. It wasn't all that quarterback situation and it wasn't all the coaching that defense had some serious holes. So, and a lot of those guys are in the NFL now, so they're not even there anymore. (laughs) So they've gotten worse, if anything, in my opinion.
0: No, that's fair. Um, kind of have to see how it plays out. I know, I think the defense is definitely going to be a lot better and a lot more sound now that Brent Venables is there. Um, So I'll see, probably see the offense take a step back. I mean, I think Oklahoma is still within the top ten in scoring, uh, even though they were pretty dysfunctional last year. So I I think you'll kind of see the defense pick up some of the slack. um, As we'll get into it later, I don't think they'll win the Big Twelve still, but um, I guess it's just Oklahoma bias. I think they'll at least be decent enough. So another team I don't think will or I guess a team I don't think will be good enough is actually Notre Dame. I have them outside the top 10 in my rankings. I think they're pretty overrated. Um, I'm not giving them the normal Notre Dame bias um, like everyone usually does. I I think the AP had them at like four or five in their rankings. I, I just don't think this is a good team. I mean, you're playing Ohio State week one, and the spread is like 17 and a half. They're expecting you to just get your doors blown off. Like, they got a sophomore quarterback first time starting. I don't know a lot of players on that offense besides Michael Mayer, the tight end. Um, You lose Kyle Hamilton. um, You lose Kyron Williams, your running back. Uh, Just lost a lot of pieces. Um, I don't know really what they're replacing it with. So I I just don't think Notre Dame's going to have that good of a year, Um, even with an independent schedule.
1: Yeah, Notre Dame's defense should still be very good this year, if not better, even without Kyle Hamilton, just because a lot of guys are coming back. Um, they okay. still, they have Brandon Joseph, who's going to be a senior this year.
0: Uh, he is a transfer I kind of forgot about. Yep.
1: Yeah. And then they have <clears throat> defensive end um, Isaiah Foskey, who is ranked as the number three defensive end in the country. So they do have a very good defense, I think, going into this year. It's going to be a more experienced version of what they had last year, minus Kyle Hamilton's success. So I think their defense should be very good. Their offense is certainly suspect, though. Yeah. And I think their offense is kind of suspect every year. I don't remember the last time Notre Dame had an offense that really made you go, wow. They tend to have one or two guys who are fairly good college players, and like Ian Book or a CJ size, but it's never anyone great and I think we're going to continue to see that this year. They'll probably have some five-foot-six speedy running back that's good out of the backfield because they seem to have one of those every single year. But that's They about always it. do. Every, every year. Every year. There's always somebody. I don't know what it is, but other than that, I don't expect a whole lot from their offense. So it'll be interesting to see. Oh, yeah.
0: I think offense. I have to see what the quarterback's like. Um, I guess to win the job as – sophomore i I believe he's a true sophomore as well so maybe he's got some talent kind of have to wait and see tough tough start to your college career to uh be playing ohio state so yeah especially yeah so that'll be interesting um another team i want to hit on texas a&m i have them at four um i think they are definitely better than clemson or utah um I, I, I will admit having Haynes King as your starting quarterback does kind of give me some pause. But I think having Jimbo Fisher and the rest of that roster is going to make up for it. I mean, we basically kind of saw it last year, and I think Zach Calzada was his name. I yeah. thought he was extremely average, and they are still a very good team. I mean, hell, they beat Alabama. Um, so I, I still think they're going to be a very good team, especially early on in the season. Uh, once you get in the SEC play, kind of see what happens, but um, I, I just think they're better than the other teams. Uh, maybe that's some SEC bias, but I, I really like Texas A&M this year.
1: It's hard for me with Texas A&M. They're, they're becoming one of those teams like Miami that's expected to be something every year. And then they find a way to screw it up, man. <laughs> and I like Jimbo Fisher. I think he's a good coach. However, I just don't know where their talent's at. I need to see their quarterback play. That's going to be big. If their quarterback can come in, I mean, I know he was a highly touted recruit. But if he can come in and play very well, then that will do a lot for me and my respect for them. But as of right now, I know they lost some big pieces last year, and they weren't that great last year to begin with. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to – I know their defense is going to be pretty good this year. But they're in a tough conference, and I just – I can't put them as high as some people would as of right now.
0: I guess we'll kind of have to agree to disagree about Texas a and then. Baylor, who's at nine, they lost a lot of pieces, but I feel – I find myself giving uh, their head coach, Dave Armada, I believe it is, giving them a lot of the benefit of the doubt. I mean, this was a team I think no one expected to win the big 12 championship. Um, I think it was like they were second to last in the betting odds before the season started to win the big 12. And then obviously you come out, you have a fantastic year on defense, solid year on offense. Um, but I'm pretty sure like their starting quarterback from last year transfer. They have a new kid starting. And then obviously you have a bunch of kids going to the NFL this year and um, but I feel it's a program, especially under Dave Armada. They're just going to be solid again, uh, and they're probably my favorite to win the Big 12. Um, I think when you have a defense that played as well as they did, um, and I'm pretty sure they still have some pieces coming back, um, I think they're going to be a solid program this year.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Um, I think Baylor's a very good team. I think they're well-coached, and they're just kind of an all-around solid type of team. They're kind of a, they're like the, I like to put things into in terms of other teams. They're like the anti USC. They're the they're they're a different kind of they're the opposite of what USC has as a program. I think Baylor doesn't have. They've lost a few studs um, on the offensive side of the ball at the skill positions. They lost Taquan Thornton, um, but they do have a very good O line. They're returning um, Connor Galvin at offensive tackle. Yep. and they're returning, and they have uh, Jacob Gall at center, so those are two very good offensive linemen, and their defense is going to be extremely good again this year, as they were last year, so I, I see them being a very good program this year, they're just, they're kind of a gritty team that's just going to play very good football, I think they're well coached, um, and I think Dave Veranda is doing a great job there. Yeah,
0: and one thing I remember watching them last year, and I, somebody made the point I forget who it was I was watching some video but like they just have a ton of speed especially on defense like there's just speed all over the field and especially in college football that's a, like you can't coach it so it's a very valuable piece to have a defense that could just fly around and get to the ball and for Baylor I think that's definitely extremely valuable when you're playing offenses obviously no more Lincoln like and Riley but like Oklahoma Got to te- like they spread the field vertically, horizontally. So to have all that speed to cover it, I mean, uh, Texas with Steve Sarkeesian, they're gonna try and spread the field. Um, Oklahoma State not so much, but some of these other Big Twelve teams, I mean, to have that type of speed on defense, they, like they did last year, I mean, they had some, I, they had like two or three guys run four two forties. Um, I don't believe they'll be back, but still, I think they probably still have some speed left on defense. It, I think that's a very valuable piece for this defense.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's, like you said, what makes them so capable against those Big 12 teams, because the Big 12 is known for, you know, you always say, oh, what is this the Big 12? Like with the scores, you know, you see a 50 point game. And the truth is that the Big 12 doesn't usually play defense. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. when a team does and they do it effectively, I think it makes them kind of extremely effective against other Big 12 teams, which is why they do so well in their own conference.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um last team here before we move into the top five, uh the Michigan Wolverines. Straight out, if they can't figure out this QB situation, because I don't know if you've heard week one, Cade is gonna start, week two, JJ McCarthy's gonna start, then they'll decide who the full time starter is week three. Weirdest situation I've ever heard. But they're either gonna actually compete this year and be like eleven and one or something like that, competing with Ohio State for the Big Ten, or they're just going to fall flat on their face and go like seven, five, eight, and four. there's 4 Those are the only two ways I see this season happening for Michigan. They're either going to be right where they left off or they're going to take a huge step back compared to what they were last year.
1: Yeah, I think Michigan's still going to be a good team. I think they're well coached and they had a lot of good players on their team last year who even didn't graduate, not so much their stars, but just solid pieces all around. They're experienced. They'll play well. I think it's Ohio State's time to be back again, though. <laughs> Michigan, Michigan had their year finally, but that that was probably the only one for a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, that being said, that QB situation obviously kind of determines the success of their team. They're returning Blake Corum, who will still run the ball very well, yeah. but I mean, it's it's just one of those situations where we don't know until we see it. It is an interesting situation. They have two decent players at QB right now, I think, but I don't know if any of them are great, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily want to lean on your offense if you're Michigan. I think you're hoping that your defense plays similarly to what it did last year, even without Ojabo and um, – oh, man. Hutchinson. Thanks. But, yeah. So, I, I think they lose four at least – Starters to the NFL, very good starters to the NFL last year. Yeah. So that's going to be tough to replace. It's just, I still can't put them below four, I don't think, because I think they're a very good program. And I think that they should be able to transition into this year, hopefully. But I don't really know. I guess we're going to have to wait and see.
0: Fair enough. All right. Uh, we'll move into the top five, uh, kind of finish this out. Um, so at five, we have the Clemson Tigers Four, the Utah Utes, three Georgia Bulldogs, two Ohio state Buckeyes. And at number one, the Alabama Crimson tide. Um, we'll kind of go in order here. Clemson, obviously a down year last year. I think a lot of people are expecting them to bounce back. Um, I think it's again, another team that the roster is very solid. Um, just kind of question what DJ Uggs is going to do at quarterback. Um, and I saw someone made a good point last year when DJ Uggs struggled, they didn't really have anyone to turn to, but now they do have like a five-star freshman quarterback in the wings. If DJ starts to play really bad. So a little more upside at the quarterback position, if stuff starts to go wrong. Um, and like I said, the rest of the roster, very sound. So kind of have to see if Davos Sweeney can rebound and finally find his way back into the the college football playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think it's Clemson's year to be back. Um, Like you said, they have another quarterback waiting in the wings now. So the only thing that held them back last year was D.J. Ugg's play. I mean, it must be really tough to be him in Clemson University right now because that team is probably the best team in the country, possibly. Certainly almost uh, their defense is phenomenal and they're extremely talented. So if he could just play even slightly above average, <laughs> they should be a top fly, top uh, playoff team without even a consideration. So we're going to have to wait and see how the quarterback situation works out, but I don't think there's any chance that Clemson misses the playoffs again.
0: Fair. Um, I know they have a really good linebacker too, Trenton Simpson. Um, a lot of people are saying he's going to be like a first-round pick, which kind of eerie of... Clemson linebackers uh, just (laughs) because of like what they used to have for a system there. It was kind of like, I heard somebody explain this. It's more like a, a four, one, what would that be? It would be like a four, one, six, something like that for a defense. It really just leaves the linebacker. Like there's a Mike, obviously. And then the two outside backers, they're just more athletic guys on the outside. So with them kind of moving to maybe a more traditional defense, it'd be interesting to see how, that Affects the team, and maybe if it's actually beneficial. Um, just playing with five man boxes, I don't see how that's that good. Obviously, yeah. if you're Clemson, you can recruit the defensive talent on the defensive line, probably works, but be interested to see how they kind of um, move forward defensively without Brent, uh, Brent Venables there.
1: Yeah, well, I think usually they rely on having guys like Brian Breesey at D Tackle to really hold their gaps, right, and just dominate. And then from there, they get somebody extremely athletic to play a monster-style middle linebacker and basically just cover the the middle gaps. And then you basically have two box safeties playing outside linebacker along with the rest of the secondary. So it's it's a good college system, in my opinion. No, that's fair.
0: <clears throat> so, uh, Moving on to number four, the Utah Utes. Um, I think this is a team that is definitely going to compete for a playoff spot. Um, I mean, we saw them compete with uh, Ohio State in the Rose Bowl last year. Uh, they return a lot of pieces. I think they're, like, one of the highest percentage teams of returning starters in the country. So, I mean, I, you lose Devin Lloyd on defense, but I think outside of that, you're not losing much. You, I know you get Cameron Rising coming back at quarterback, very underrated. So, like I said, I think this is a team that's going to compete for a playoff spot. I personally have them just missing out, but I think they'll have a solid year.
1: Yeah. Um, I also had them just missing out. I think that Utah this year is what Cincinnati was last year. They're a very good team, a very solid team, and an extremely well-coached team. They're about as good of a team as you can be without being one of those power schools, you know, like those top five schools. Um Cameron Rising is going to have a very good year, and running back Tavion Thomas will also have a good year. So their backfield is extremely good, um, and their defense will also be very good. Um, they have Clark Phillips, who's supposed to be a very good pro pot prospect. I haven't really watched his tape at all, but he's supposed to be a possible first-round pick this year. So you have a very good team in Utah. You have a lot of experience on that team. I think they'll be very good. I just don't think their firepower is going to match up to – the Ohio State, Bama's, and Clemson's of the world, maybe not even Georgia.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I just noticed this, and we'll kind of get into it now, kind of about Georgia. Oh, I yeah. realize you have them at six.
1: I'm not in. I'm not high on Georgia this year. I think they lost that entire defense from last year. Um, they lost all of those senior transfers they had um they lost they've just lost a lot of pieces I mean they they were very good last year but it was mostly because that defense was I mean that defense was historic that was that was that was possibly that was one of the best college defenses to ever play but it was all seniors and then you get all new guys coming in which will be plenty talented Georgia's still going to be a good football team but then you have the other thing which is Stetson Bennett's not that good man yeah it's fair so you don't really have a great offense. You just lost that fantastic defense. You have a whole new wave of starters coming in. Could Georgia be a top a playoff team? Absolutely. But as of right now, based on what they lost and what they have, I'm going to keep them just outside looking it
0: I guess that's fair. I mean, I have them at three. Um, funny enough, as we'll get into it, I don't have them in my playoffs. Um, but... You, you bring up a good point about the defense. Um, I just think Kirby Smart has become a very good recruiter uh, with high school uh, prospects and transfer portal guys. So I, I they won't be able to replace to the, to the level that they were last year. But I think they're still going to have a very solid defense, um, especially Kirby Smart, defensive guy. And then offensively, they're going to pound the rock. It really won't matter if Stetson Bennett is good. It's going to no matter what's this offensive line like. What's the running back like um, or running backs? Um, so I think they're still going to be a very dominant, very solid team. Um, they, to be honest, probably sweep SEC East play. Um, I, I just think they're still a very solid team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, like I said, I think they could be a playoff team. Just right now, I have them on the outside looking in. I'm really not a believer in their offense at all.
0: That's fair. Guess we'll have to see. Um, so, for one and two here, pretty unanimous. And by pretty, I mean it is unanimous for the one and two teams. Um, Ohio State at number two. Obviously, you're looking at that trifecta of C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, and uh, Smith and Jigba at receiver. Um, I'm not too high on the defense. I couldn't really tell you why. I'm pretty sure they lost some pieces. And I At school, I have a friend that's very into Ohio State football, not that confident in their defense. But I think this offense is just going to put up like 45 to 50 points a game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this year is just going to be the Ohio State and Alabama show. It's really going to be, you know, splitting hairs, which one's going to be better this year. But mm-hmm. I'm going to keep Ohio State at two, like we have it. And I think their defense is a little suspect. They don't have a lot of studs. They do have um, Zach Harrison at defensive end. But outside of that, they, I, it's one of those things, though, Ohio State, similarly to Georgia, what you said about them, they don't rebuild, they reload. So it's likely that they'll have new pieces that we don't know about that will play very well. Um, well on offense, I think they're extremely explosive. CJ Stroud, while he has some question marks about his pro um, future, you know, how he's going to perform in a pro environment for a college quarterback, does all the things you need him to do. He's extremely talented. And then Smith Jigba might be – reports say that he might be better than the last two guys they have. <laughs> which is saying something because, you know, Olave and Wilson are <laughs> phenomenal players. So he's going to be very good. And Henderson, we're talking about the Heisman candidate in a little bit. I think Henderson might be my kind of sleeper Heisman guy right now.
0: All right. I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, he's a very talented player. But he's I extremely good. Fair enough. Um, Smith and Jigba is interesting because I've heard a lot of reports. He, he, he's a pretty tall guy, I, I think, but they're still going to play him in the slot, kind of be this big slot player. Um, I I just find that interesting. The guy's so talented that you're just going to leave him in the slot, not put him on the outside for like isolation type situations. Um, not that it's going to really mean anything for Ohio state. It's just an interesting headline. I think for this Ohio state team that they're leaving him in the slot and maybe it, it means that they have other receivers on the outside that they really like that we don't know yet.
1: Yeah, well, I think part of it, too, is you you often find mismatches in the slot. I mean, you are going to put him in the slot. So he's going to most teams, not a team like Alabama, where they have, you know, infinite players to put in there. Yeah. But if you play the average team, they're not going to have another guy to put in the slot against him. So you're gonna to have to either move one of your outside corners in the slot to go against him, and then leave somebody who shouldn't be out there out there against somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a it's a mismatch thing. I think I think you, because you can put him there and he'll still succeed, even with his size and ability, then you should kind of thing. And I think he'll still be their number one guy even out of the slot.
0: That's fair. It's a it's a fair take. So. Anything else on Ohio State before we get to Bama?
1: No, I think we touched on enough.
0: Quick question. Are you a C.J. Stroud guy? I
1: don't know. I mean, I haven't analyzed his film right. Like, I haven't gone through and been, like, looked at him, every little thing he does. But if you're asking me if I like him better than Bryce Young, that's a no.
0: Yeah, the answer for me is a no. Um, And really the only reason why I put Bama at one over Ohio State, I think it's that close. But I I think Bryce Young is just a more dynamic playmaker. Obviously, C.J. Stroud's got the more prototypical size. um, But, I mean, that's more of when you're trying to talk about translating to the NFL game, and this is college. So I'm going to go with the more dynamic playmaker, uh, somebody I think is more confident in the pocket, um, and just make some of the craziest throws off-platform. So... And then we're also talking about Nick Saban as a head coach. I'm not going to bet against Nick Saban ever. So (laughs) Alabama, they'll always lose people, but they'll always reload with transfers and recruits. I've heard that they got some crazy freshmen at wide receiver that are dominating in camp. Like, they'll just always have a very sound roster. And Nick Saban's probably coming back to win the Natty Championship because he's probably pissed after last year losing the Kirby Smart.
1: Yeah, I mean – Alabama's as good of a team this year as they are every year. And as I've ever seen, as usual, you have yeah. Will Anderson, who is a Heisman candidate as a linebacker, which should tell you enough as it is. And then you have Bryce Young, who's probably the best quarterback in the nation, like definitely the best quarterback in the nation, probably the best quarterback prospect this year is what I should say. Yeah. And then the thing with Ohio State quarterback going back to CJ Straub, Every Ohio State quarterback sucks, man. I mean, the NFL, I mean, as a prop. They're all those big prototypical guys who have cannon arms, right? They're just Dwayne Mm -hmm. Haskins. They're all Dwayne Haskins. uh, You know, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. No no disrespect. But I don't know if they're necessarily NFL-type guys once they get there. For whatever Mm -hmm. reason, it's something about the system. And then, so back to Bama, though. Bryce Young, his like you said, is about his comfort in the pocket is kind of a big one. Actually, I think that's something that he kind of needs to work on. While he can throw the ball from in the pocket, he does have a tendency to kind of bail and get happy feet, which has always been kind of his biggest issue. Is that he kind of relies on his ridiculous arm talent to make plays that he doesn't really have to make. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, he also just has to stay healthy. Dude's small and. I would love to see him pack on some weight so he can make sure he survives the whole season for Bama. Um, but outside of that, that whole team is extremely good this year. Don't forget about Eli Ricks, who's probably going to be a first round prospect at corner this year. Yep. Um, and then Jameer Gibbs out of the backfield. The only, yep. the only concern, if I have to point something out about Alabama is their receiving core. Yeah. Those freshmen have been playing good, but, if you remember the Natty last year, once once you got rid of their entire starting receiving court, the guys they had filling in were not capable at all.
0: And well, I they weren't they, ready yet. They, they were ready.
1: thrown in and they weren't ready yet. But still, you expect for Alabama the talent to be enough, and it was not. So it's interesting. And like I said, if this is if I had to find a knock, right? I mean, I'm not saying Alabama's going to actually have trouble with this. But mm-hmm. if there's something to look out for, it's that receiver situation.
0: Well, you know what's funny? So their top receiver right now was actually George's top receiver last year. Ah. The Jermaine Burton kid. He, he Burton. like, transferred right after the national championship. It was very he strange. Wants to
1: win. He wants to win one somewhere else, bro. <laughs> yeah.
0: he He's the reason.
1: Uh, that's, that's funny. But, yeah, I think, I mean – it's the Alabama show this year. That team's phenomenal. Will Anderson's one of the best college players I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really just a matter of hoping people stay healthy for them, which isn't usually an issue, so knock on wood. But, I mean, in reality, this whole list we just made is all irrelevant unless you're talking about well, Alabama or Ohio State. <laughs> Maybe Clemson. Clemson's the only team that has the real firepower to compete, like the real athletes and talent on defense, at least, to compete.
0: That's fair. Yeah, I think it's like the top six teams, I think, have – or top seven teams have legitimate claims to be legit teams this year, and then after that, wait and see.
1: Yes, and then I think the top three teams – and I don't have Georgia as my top three, so I'd say – you know. Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson yep. are the only teams that really have a claim to be able to win the Natty this year. I think even if Georgia's very good, I don't think they're Ohio State or Bama good. I think if Clemson's very good, they could be that good. Interesting. All right. My take.
0: Well, that is our top twenty-five. It took a long time, actually, um, yes. basically up to an hour. But we'll quickly kind of run through the other stuff. Um, we'll kind of go rapid fire with it. So. I'll ask you who your conference winner is. Just give me the name. I'll give my pick, and then we'll move on to the next conference. So, who do you have winning the SEC?
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, well, all right, come on. Bama. But <laughs> Bama. Give me one second to pull up the conference list, because I know I'll forget somebody if I don't. All righty.
0: Um, this will be another easy one. The Big Ten.
1: Ohio State. Ohio
0: State, yeah. Who do you have winning the Big 12?
1: Baylor yeah I had Baylor as well ECC Clemson
0: Clemson Pac-12 USC really I have Utah
1: oh I forgot Utah's in the Pac-12 I'm sorry yeah see this is what I was talking about I need the list (laughs) because I'm not I'm gonna just think of somebody yeah Utah Utah or USC how about that it depends I don't know which one's gonna be better but if I had to pick Utah yeah Utah
0: now who do you have winning the
1: American? Um, NC states in the American, right? No. No. And you gotta
0: work on your conferences.
1: I suck with conferences. I told you this. Oh, okay. Um I know which teams are grouped together, I just always forget which conference it is. Um probably Houston or Cincinnati, it's going to be tough. Oh, I'm going to go Houston. I think Cincinnati might have a down year.
0: Yeah, I'm going with Houston as well. Like I said, I think they're the best group of five team this year. So, uh, Next, your college football playoff predictions. Who is your one to four seed?
1: Bama, Ohio State, Clemson. I had Michigan ranked at four, but I think – think i'm gonna change that and put in oh let's have utah sneak in
0: all right and then who's your champion
1: bama yep
0: so mine's similar i have it go bama ohio state clemson but then i have it go texas a&m at four i think
1: they That's sneak it. in i think you really like think, texas a&m this year
0: yeah i think they sneak in um, at that four spot. I just think they're going to be looked at as better than Georgia after the SEC championship. And then I think they'll be looked at as better than Utah or any other team. So better than Baylor. And then I do have Bama winning it all. But that is kind of my hot take that Tech A&M will make the college football playoff as a four seed.
1: Yeah, you really like Tech a and a lot this year, <laughs> probably more than anybody else.
0: <laughs> probably, probably. Um, Heisman winner.
1: Well, I mean, I'll give a sleeper Heisman winner because I feel like picking a Heisman winner, everybody's gonna yeah, say that's Bryce fair. Young. We can do that, yeah. All right. Everybody's gonna say Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. So I'm gonna go Trevion Henderson like I did before. He's yeah. my sleeper.
0: Hmm. So if I go with the sleeper, um you know I'm gonna go with Caleb Williams.
1: That's in that no, that's not bad. That's not yeah, bad. I, you could
0: I don't know how much of a sleeper he is. I mean, obviously, he's not like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud in terms of odds, but I think Caleb Williams would be the next quarterback I'd put on that list. So go Caleb Williams for that. Um, And then two players you think people should watch, slightly underrated players.
1: All right. My favorite one is Zach Charbonnet from UCLA, the running back. last year when we were doing the pre-draft stuff before we knew whether or not he was going to come out I had him listed as a possible first round no not first round pick but like first round running back grade you know um I think his film when I was watching it stuck out to me he's explosive and he's very good running the ball I think I think he's extremely good and if he has another good year he's going to be this year's version of Hall. not saying he's that good but He's, he's this year's top running back to me for the draft. So that'll mm-hmm. be interesting. And then A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. He's been very good at wide receiver for them. He's kind of a huge part of their recent success with um, their quarterback. But unfortunately, since he probably won't be playing, it's going to be interesting to see how that affects Perry's production. But he is extremely good.
0: Gotcha. I'm going to go with Jameer Gibbs, running back for Alabama. I feel like some people don't know him because he played at Georgia tech last year, transferred to Alabama. So be on the lookout. He's probably going to be the next great Alabama running back that will get drafted in like the first, second round this year. Um, very dynamic, very quick. Um, he's built pretty good too. I think he's like 6'1", 215. So. Uh, my next player is going to be Jaden Daniels for LSU transfer from Arizona state obviously very athletic quarterback has yet to be named starter. I project that he's going to be named the starter. Um, LSU is just kind of, I think waiting till kickoff to announce a starter for competitive advantages type thing. Um, But I think him with Brian Kelly, uh, and then you're talking about LSU with a, actually like a dynamic type of quarterback. I think he could be a pretty good mix and somebody you kind of have to watch out for as the year goes on, especially even in the Heisman race. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's a dual threat, you never know what he could look like statistically. So I'd have to go with those two. I like it. Alrighty. Uh, that's all we had for this episode. Uh, kind of just give our top uh, 25 kind of highlight some other facets of college football. And then as the, as the year goes on, we'll do some weekly recaps of college football. Um, We'll get probably some monthly mock drafts as uh, we could start to learn some of the prospects for the upcoming draft. So a lot of college football content coming to the pod as the fall months come up. So Frank, thanks for hopping on. It's always a pleasure.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Of course. So we'll catch you next time. Uh, probably for, it's going to be our NFL week one preview. So football's finally back, baby. Ooh. Let's go. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next
1: time. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Slingin' It Deep Podcast. You can find us most notably on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. While you're at it, make sure to check out our MLB, NBA, and NHL show, the Clubhouse Convos Podcast. Make sure to also follow our Instagram as well at the Clubhouse combos for Power Rankings episode releases and so much more. Thanks again for joining us today, and we will see you back here next week. Take care, everybody.
0: Put your tears away, Ain't no fear today. You can
1: drive off towards that summertime sunset. sweat your you ain't done yet. Take the keys, leave the regrets. Write your letters, place your bets. I'll be the one who'd t- i no, no, no.